podcast is brought to you by Nova Southeastern University's Fischler School of Education and Human Services. The Fischler School has the largest graduate school of education at an accredited university, serving more than 14,000 students each academic year in some 55 cities across the United States, plus approximately 40 other countries. Hello, this is Dr. Marilyn Gardner with the United States Distance Learning Association, and thank you for joining us today for our podcast entitled At-Risk Learners and Online Education. And I'm so happy to introduce Dr. Daryl Diamond, who is our guest speaker today. Daryl, thank you for joining us. Thank you for having me. Many of you may know Dr. Diamond. She is a district administrator for Broward County Public Schools, very large school system. Her employment with the school district has included being an instructional leader for the district's online middle and high school, a project manager for the technology department, and currently as the assistant director of the district's enterprise resource planning department. She is an adjunct professor for both Barrie and Florida Atlantic Universities, teaching courses in educational leadership and educational computing and technology. She is presenting at the USDLA conference, and we're very excited to hear about your topic, at-risk learners and online education. Daryl, once again, thank you for joining us. I'm delighted to be here. I'd like to start by asking you first, could you tell us a little bit about your session? Sure. The session details some of the findings from an initial exploration of how virtual schools are focusing on the needs of at-risk students attending their schools. The session will discuss data collected by the International Council for Online Learning, known as INACOL, I'm part of their research committee, and the research committee found some strategies, experiences, and recommendations from individual virtual schools and what they believe to be effective in dealing with at-risk students. It really is an excellent starting point for future investigations on the effects of using distance and online learning with at-risk students. The session also details the current trends and instructional practices being used by K-12 online programs in teaching at-risk students. These would include teaching practices, instructional strategies, and online design and delivery methods. How did the research committee define at-risk students? In order to create a common understanding of the meaning behind at-risk, the committee defined them as students at risk for dropping out of school, those who may be retained until graduation through participation in a virtual program. It includes students with identified special needs, students in racial, ethnic minority groups, which may be a proxy for low socioeconomic status, students with high absenteeism, those with behavior problems, those with high residential mobility, students in larger families, students with convicted parents, those with low attachment to school or community, and those who are not native English speakers. What are some of the instructional strategies that virtual schools found to be effective with working with these at-risk students? Supportive faculty and staff and individualizing instruction were two of the major instructional strategies mentioned by virtual schools who are working with at-risk students. At-risk students need ongoing communication and support from teachers, learning coaches, counselors, tutors, and special education coordinators. They require faculty and staff to take a direct role in overseeing student progress and their success throughout the online program. 
Schools indicated that they needed to maximize the use of technology and online curriculum in order to individualize instruction. Web and distance learning technologies are used to enable one-to-one -one and small group direct instruction to remediate key concepts. For example, online curriculum such as My Reading Coach is helpful for addressing individual problems of reading comprehension and fluency. Some virtual schools also indicated that they use the classic pedagogical approach of mastery learning to ensure students' success with online courses. Students can revise their work based on specific feedback until they meet the targeted outcomes. Online classes offer flexibility to students who need expanded learning time to master complex content. Synchronous learning activities, web conferencing, mandatory face-to-face -face meeting between teachers and students, and students working on a reduced number of courses taken at one time are other valid instructional strategies to help at-risk students be successful with online coursework. This along with student assistance programs coordinated by counselors, teachers, and parents, as well as the assignment of a team member to monitor work and facilitate solutions, help at-risk students gain proficiency in the online environment. Were there any trends that the research committee found emerging from the survey data? There were three specific trends that emerged from the data. These were increasing mentoring and tutoring, using data to evaluate student needs, and screening, identifying, and evaluating at-risk factors. In terms of mentoring, one school had told us that every student has an iMentor, a supervising teacher, and a school counselor. And this is in addition to the virtual classroom teacher. This team of people check on the students regularly to help them succeed. Other virtual schools responded that they offer online individual tutoring, site-based tutoring sessions, academic coaches, and online extracurricular activities such as clubs, newsletters, and yearbooks to help increase student engagement. One prominent theme that emerged from the survey was the use of screening to identify students who need support. Three screening tools that were mentioned include the Lexile Framework for Reading, which is an educational tool that connects readers with materials using a common measure called a Lexile. The measure denotes both reading ability and text difficulty on the same scale. Educators are able to then select reading material that both meets and challenges a reader's unique abilities and interests. Another educational tool is the Learning and Study Strategies Inventory, or the LASI, which gathers information about students' learning and study practices and attitudes. The LASI is both diagnostic and prescriptive and provides students with a diagnosis of their strengths and weaknesses compared to other students. The third instructional tool helping assist students who are struggling is a strategy called Response to Intervention. The online school identifies students who are at risk, monitors their progress, and then designs interventions to support their success. The approach applies instruction with differing intensity, duration, and frequency for different students. Response to intervention provides instructional triage within three tiers. Tier 1 has teachers taking into account the individual needs of students within their regular instruction. Tier 2 has a subset of students who need additional help receiving interventions in small groups. In Tier 3, students are identified who need to receive even more intensive help, such as daily one-on-one -on -one instruction. From your experience, Daryl, what techniques are virtual schools using to identify students who are at risk of failure in the virtual environment? Schools identify at-risk students through multiple means. Uh, some of them are enrollment questionnaires, teacher referral, local school registration for students retaking courses, recommendations from the school district, intake interviews, consultations with parents and school personnel, specific testing, 
and a red flag process that includes data from student attendance, student progress, and academic testing performance, as well as indications on applications as to whether or not the student has an individual education plan or an IEP. I know you're presenting at the USDLA conference in St. Louis. Could you share with us what you hope to provide uh, the participants? Through specific instructional strategies, continuous monitoring of students, and the development of appropriate assistance programs, virtual schools remain promising for at-risk students. While online schools seek ways to reach out to struggling students to help ensure their success, many believe that this educational delivery model is well positioned to directly address the needs of at-risk learners. Yet we need to remember that there is a contrast between what is required to be successful in an online course and the traits of most of our at-risk students. Understanding this contrast and designing interventions and instructional strategies that cater to non-traditional distance learning students and at-risk students will aid in optimizing online course success. Without these supports, the promise of virtual schooling to provide high-quality educational opportunities may continue to be out of the reach for many at-risk students. It is our hope and intention that as new emerging technologies are developed, virtual schools can utilize them to continue to design and deliver instruction for at-risk students. I'm hoping that participants will leave the session with some immediate ideas to apply within their own virtual classes. Dr. Diamond, thank you so much for sharing a brief synopsis of your presentation. And I'm sure there are listeners who would like to get in touch with you. Could you share your contact information? I'd be happy to. I work in Broward County Public Schools, and my email address is daryl.diamond at browardschools.com. That's D-A-R-Y-L dot D-I-A-M-O-N-D at browardschools.com. Dr. Diamond, thank you again for joining us today. This is Dr. Marilyn Gardner with the United States Distance Learning Association. And if you would like to find more information about USDLA, you can reach us at www.usdla.org. Thank you. This podcast is brought to you by Nova Southeastern University's Fischler School of Education and Human Services. The Fischler School has the largest graduate school of education at an accredited university, serving more than 14,000 students each academic year in some 55 cities across the United States, plus approximately 40 other countries. The Fischler School of Education and Human Services is dedicated to the enhancement and continuing support of teachers, administrators, trainers, and others working in related helping professions throughout the world.